Casamigos Big Shot of the Night is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. There's only one guy that you can give this to. There's only one dude. He was that dude. Masterful. Igor Shesterkin tonight. 42 shots on goal. 41 saves. That's a .976 save percentage. He went out there and showed you why he's a Vesna winner, why people believe in him, why he can turn it on. He struggled, but you know what he said tonight when they interviewed him? He said, I just want to say thank you for everyone. Everyone, It's about the team. It's about the group, right? They bailed him out in the stadium series. He came to play tonight. He held it down. I saw a clip of a dirty save that he had. Man, night to night. You can get that out of Igor. It hasn't been a perfect season, but it's never perfect. The Rangers are pushing forward, winning eight in a row. Your Casamigos big shot of the night, number 31, Igor Shesterkin. 877-337-6666. It's open mic time, whatever you want to talk about. If you want to call up to convince me that Juan Soto is going to sign, please tell me where he's going to sign. Please tell me where else he's going to sign. He wants to win. He loves baseball. The Yankees are going to win this year. I'm not saying they're winning the World Series this year, but they're going to be competitive. He's got Aaron Judge batting next to him. He's got Trent Grisham, his former teammate from San Diego, right next to him. He's pretty good friends with Glaber Torres already. They seem to be buddy-buddy. Marcus Stroman and him are familiar. He already looks like he fits in. He's having a good time. He put on that Yankee had it felt right. If your pops is a Yankee fan and you get to play for the Yankees, you think his dad doesn't have a say in the matter? You think they're not going to wine and dine his pops too? You think his dad isn't going to be VIP when he comes to the stadium? Of course he is. He's going to put on the pinstripes. You mean to tell me he's going to put on that Superman cape and then want to go somewhere else and be Aquaman for a couple more dollars? Hell no. Hell no. It doesn't work like that. You guys are crazy if you think that they can't afford to pay him. Maybe they're not paying his former teammate Blake Snell because they're like, no, we know how much it's going to cost to keep Juan Soto. Now, he's got to go out there and perform. He's got to go out there and be Juan Soto. I hope he wins AL MVP this year. Shohei Otani isn't in the way. The Dodgers won't be coming to call on Juan Soto and Scott Boris when free agency hits. So sell yourself on the dream. Sell yourself on the dream of him coming to Queens. Just like Otani was coming to to Queens and Yamamoto was going to be a Met and King Cohen was going to get you everybody else too. Yeah, DeGrom. Worry about that other Boris client, Pete Alonso, whose jersey hangs to my left above my head. Worry about him getting signed before you worry about someone else that's a Yankee. Yankee fans, enjoy every second of Juan Soto in pinstripes. And don't worry about next December. Don't worry about the winter meetings and the offseason the next year. We got a long season. The baseball season is long. You're going to see a lot of Juan Soto. It's not all going to be great, but I think there's a lot of greatness that we're going to see. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Will in New Rochelle on the fan. What's up, Will? How you doing tonight? Good, man. Thanks for calling in. Of course. Um, I just wanted to, you know, bounce off your point before I get into why I called, but I just want to remind Yankee fans, 
like you just said, we get 162 games of Juan Soto. You know, he'll miss a few, whatever. But baseball is a long year, and I think that what Aaron Judge did in his contract year, sure, you know, he put up his numbers. But before the season, Yankee fans get nervous. You know, we always worry about the future. You know, we were 82 and 80 last year. Let's just worry about this year. 2024, Juan Soto is a Yankee. Aaron Judge, before the season, when two years ago, he told everyone, he said, please, no contract talk during the season. I thought that was excellent, and that's why he was so great, because Yankees, New York media didn't have to bombard him with it, because if you even mentioned it, you were going to get shunned. That's how it worked, and he was great. So I think Juan Soto, it would be lovely. I know Scott Boris would likely not allow it, but um, yeah, Scott Boris. Scott Boris is going to get humbled real soon because he's got five guys that are waiting. They're going to sign, but pretty soon his clients are going to start looking at him like, "I don't want to wait." Pete Alonso's done waiting. Pete Alonso's willing to sign an extension right now, but he's got to go out there and have the pressure on him of carrying the Mets and carrying his life legacy and and his future by hitting the most home runs he could possibly hit in hopes of getting the biggest contract that he could possibly get. That's a lot. Judge was able to shoulder it. But that, that's a lot. Let's see what happens. I agree. And I just want to also bring up points today because, you know, you're hearing, you know, everyone's watching. I look at uh, Twitter or X, whatever you call it. I see all the live ABs. Everyone's watching those. But, you know, you commented on it earlier, too. Rafael Devers is out here making comments, you know, at the jugular of management's throat in Boston. And Yankee fans want to, oh, you know, we got Juan Soto. We're going to be great this year. I just want to remind everyone once again, I'm 25 years old. I've watched baseball religiously for 10 years, but every time Boston comes in last, normally how do they follow it up? They win the World Series. So it's a little awkward in Boston now. I know management's a little different, but, you know, they just came in last. I don't think they're content with coming in last again. Now your franchise player, who you just paid, is publicly stating, hey, this, we're not done getting. We're not done getting guys. Boston has not indicated they're looking to sign anybody. But you know, like you said, with the Blake Snell still out there, with the Jordan Montgomery still out there, with the Trevor Bowers, who knows? I'm not gonna. You know, I don't Cody Bellinger, JD Martinez, exactly. who played in Boston. I think Devers applied some pressure, saying everyone knows what we need, uh, alluding to the fact that what we have is not enough. They might make some moves now. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Boston is never one to, they're always competitive. And, you know, they have a glaring hole right now. I don't know if the rotation is what it is. Yankee fans last year, I thought Clark Schmidt from June to August was great. However, and I'm a diehard Yankee fan, the guy they have in Boston, Brian Bello, is, was better. He was excellent. So that's a quiet guy. He's not going anywhere. So why don't you go get a Jordan Montgomery? So I think he's putting pressure there. And then Aaron Judge today, too subtly making a comment, oh, I don't think we're done making moves yet. What does that mean? Does that mean Blake Snell? Who knows? Like, where we are in the tax right now, it's tough. Exactly. He's friends with Snell. I don't think Aaron Judge is caring about the tax, but where we are with the tax right now, everything is doubled. So Blake Snell getting, sure, you want a short-term deal at big money, three years for 120, 40 AAV. You got to, at the end of the year, when the tax comes into play, that's another 40. So this is a one-year rental for Juan Soto. Like you said, you want to give him the money. I don't see him going anywhere. I got Mets fans in my ear. Oh, don't worry about it, Will. He's yeah. leaving. He's coming to I, see. What, like, else, what else can they say? They, they said they were signing Judge, too. They didn't even make an offer for Judge. 
Exactly. And then, like, I kind of just hush them. I'm like, oh, yeah, if you get them, we're going to get Pete Alonso. But I don't, I, I don't, that's a t- different topic for a different day. But, um, I mean, there's pitchers out there. I think the Yankees are being a little cheap with the relievers right now, as you can see. I love Wandy Peralta. I said this the last time I called as well. I love Wandy Peralta. I think all Yankee fans do. Pitched in every single game in the ALDS versus Cleveland. That is a rubber arm. Impressive. You don't just, you can't replace that. So, goes to San Diego, and I'm sure Yankee fans are out here looking. Oh my God, four for sixteen. We can't pay that. Come That's on, exactly God. what I initially God. said, but then I thought a little differently about it. I think the Yankees know him better than the Padres. They moved off of him for a reason. He's 32. I don't think they wanted to give him the contract that the Padres did. And I think there are also some opt-outs and some other type of caveats in that deal. He does have some player options in there as well. There are some interesting caveats. But uh, he's getting $4 million a year. You know, right now where the Yankees are with their payroll, you double that at the end of the year, $8 million. That's nothing. But we make a subtle trade for Caleb Ferguson, who's making $2 million a year. You double that with tax. That's what Wandy wants per year before the tax. The Yankees did that. So... For me, I just think that Yankee fans need to remember that uh, when you're just like, oh, go pace now. I think they would have done it already. They even offered him a contract, $30 million a year. I don't think they want to do more than that. And He didn't accept, again, and they pivoted to Marcus Stroman, and now Marcus Stroman is loving life in Tampa as a Yankee, and Blake Snell is jobless. Yeah, and I, I like Marcus Stroman. I think that I'm a big hometown guy. Um, I think that you know when you get to come play for the hometown team, especially the Yankees, you know, Marcus Stroman, when he was first a free agent, was like, ah, Yankees, come get me. And we didn't get him. So he was mad about it. He's allowed to be mad. He's from New York. He's a loud mouth. We're all loud He wanted to be traded over here, and, and Brian Cashman openly expressed his non-interest. And uh, out of nowhere, here comes Cashman to get him now. And I thought it was a little savvy move. I just hope he says less. That's why I said New York. That's a phrase in New York. Say less. Say less. Just go out there and perform. We don't need the Instagram stuff. We definitely don't need the tweeting and uh, all of the gushing over Brian Cashman's uh, incredible human and judge, and you get chills when the Yankees call you. We get it, bro. We get it, bro. Your dream is realized, but it can become a nightmare real fast if you don't perform. Exactly, and we got the reigning Cy Young on this roster. In my opinion, he's the best pitcher on the planet at this moment. I think he's definitely somebody to learn from, especially how to handle the New York market because it's certainly been – it's the hardest thing to do is be a star in New York, and I think Eric Cole's handled it well. Uh, so far, so good with the money. I think that his contract is – hopefully he can live up to what Scherzer did in Washington because that was like three Cy Young, seven years, 240. Um, I know Cole has nine with the player option for 10, which he will likely take. But mm-hmm. so far, so good. I think he can help Stroman. But the big X factor with this team this year is Carlos Rodon. We don't we, – we are – like, I was a little young – in the early 2000s, I, I keep hearing Carl Pavano, A.J. Burnett comparison. <laughs> I know A.J. Burnett a little bit. I was 11 the last time we won the World Series. Bless my heart. But I just remember CC was so great, but that game two start, A.J.'s like, ah, oh, what are you going to get? Who knows? Some nights great, some nights bad. We paid Carlos Rodon $160 million. I would just like him to be what he was in Chicago. Be the number him. two. He's supposed to be exactly. the uh, bulldog. He's supposed to be the ace behind Cole to back up Cole. Be the number two. Great call, Will. Thanks for that. 877-337-6666. I don't like the feeling of, oh, so much is riding on Carlos Rodon being a number two in this rotation. Doesn't make me feel good. I feel good about Nestor, 
Nestor is a guy that I just Nestor's a dog. He's a competitor. He's got a chip on his shoulder. The Hialeah kid wasn't even supposed to be here. Ready. Ready to go. Oh, I got to face Juan Soto and Judge in batting practice today? Send them. Whatever. Clark Schmidt. I heard Stroman talking about, oh, Clark Schmidt, he's got dirty stuff. Yeah, he does. Come on, Clark. You're not a rookie anymore. Far from it. Cole, I, I got nothing to say about Cole. Cole had a great bounce back year. Cole won the Cy Young. Cole is arguably the best pitcher in baseball. I know what I'm going to get out of him. We'll see. That's that's why we watch. That's why we care so much. That's why we listen to WFAN all day and night. That's why we're listening to podcasts. There's 800 Yankees podcasts. You guys will listen to a bunch of random guys talk about the Yankees all day, every day, because we care. Let's see. We're getting close. We're almost there. But I did want to talk about the Giants. And finally, somebody called to indulge me. Rich is in White Plains on the fan. What's up, Rich? Yeah, hi, Keith. How we doing today? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, so I'm loving this Yankees talk. And, you know, I got really excited when I saw those videos today. Everyone looks great. Stanton looks like a new man. That's crazy to see. Um, but something I just can't get off my mind is the NFL draft. Nothing more changes the roster than a quarterback. I think we can all agree on that. Um, from what everyone says, consensus, except Merrill Hodge for some reason, Caleb Williams is a generational quarterback. That's what everyone says. I'm not a quarterback, but genius. I don't know, you know, everything that, you know, what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. But everyone who seems, you know, well, knowledge in that field will say that. I think you could agree on that. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Giants should trade up for him. Sell everything. Give him three first-rounders. If Kayvon they can. Thibodeau. If they, like, they're picking number six. If they can, there's there's possibly two other teams, three other teams interested in Caleb Williams' services. Yeah, well, what about, what, what about three first-rounders? Three first-round picks, a pick swap from this year. Give him everything. That guy is the future. Let me say this. Have you, have, have, did, you, did you watch any of Caleb Williams' games at Oklahoma or USC? I mean, he's an unbelievable, he was an unbelievable prospect. His debut, he comes out down against Texas in the Cotton Bowl, leads them to He's a, a baller. He's absolutely he's a baller. Unbelievable. But I've never seen a player that can evade the pocket and, and pressure like that. I, he's I Mahomes 2.0. Yes, I think a lot of the hype is because everybody's searching for the next Mahomes 2.0. That's what they thought about Jordan Love, right? He's starting to show flashes of that. They they say Caleb Williams is Mahomes 2.0. I don't know about that. He's got to land in the right system with the right coaches around him. He's shown us in this past year he's a prima donna. And what I mean by that is when I played football, there were some guys that were just the tough guys, pack a lunch, those guys are going to go to work. There's some other guys that are a little bit diva, high maintenance. This kid, uh, you know, he had a lot of moments this year where, you know, he was a crybaby or didn't want to talk to the media. Um, he thought that he was a hot shot because he's got these NIL deals, he's in GQ, all this other stuff. This guy has to be brought into the right situation. Does Brian Dayball want him? If they can trade up, absolutely. But does Joe Shane want to give up three first-round picks for Caleb Williams? Do the Maras want to do that? There, We are about to embark on the whole NFL combine process, the pro day process. We're going to learn. 
We're going to learn. Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears. Supposedly, Caleb Williams liked the post saying that he didn't want to be with the Bears. I think the Bears don't know what to do. But I think when you don't know what to do, there's a possibility of trading that pick. So I think the Commanders are going to be on the phone with them. I think the Giants are going to be on the phone with them. The Patriots possibly as well. Um, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on Caleb Williams. It, it 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 gives me pause to think that everybody is proclaiming him to be something. And in this modern-day NFL, I mean, Zach Wilson was supposed to be something. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be something. Trey Lance was supposed to be something. We can go down, down the long list. Mac Jones, there's so many guys that were supposed to be generational, immediate starters, and it took a while. Bryce Young went first last year. The Carolina Panthers are kicking themselves. Their owner is an idiot. He had to fire Frank Wright. They should have taken C.J. Stroud. If anybody watched a college football playoff and saw C.J. Stroud play against Georgia, you saw right there that's the best best quarterback coming into the draft. So there's just so many little factors and things that are going to play out. Um, there are other quarterbacks in the draft, I will say, and I would trust in Shane and Dable to recognize their guy. Dable is a quarterback whisperer. He had you guys thinking Tommy Cutlitz was the quarterback of the future. Why? Because he went from not letting him throw a pass in a game against the Jets defense in the rain to scheming up a game plan to get that kid going and be able to beat the Packers who went on to beat the Dallas Cowboys and get to the second round where they should have beat the 49ers who eventually were in the Super Bowl. So I I think we're about to find out when Dable knows who his guy is, they're going to try their best to go get him. But if they can't get their guy, they're they're not going to just use that pick on a quarterback, maybe they use a second-round pick on a quarterback, but the Caleb Williams hype kind of scares me. It, it kind of scares me. I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. I think you're right in your assessment of what you think of him as a player off the field. And that Notre Dame I'll game, think- that Notre Dame game, the way he was turning the ball over, Notre Dame is good, but they ain't that good. I mean, when you get into the NFL, going against these defenses in the NFL, you better protect that ball. That's what I'm saying. He's got to be in the right situation. He probably would be better served sitting for a year. He would probably be best served coming to a team like the Giants. The commanders are going to play him right away. The Bears, if they move on from fields, plan him right away. The Patriots plan him right away. If he actually came to the Giants, yeah, humor yourselves with the whole Daniel Jones is our guy coming back, and uh, Tommy Cutlets can stay as well. Let him hold the clipboard and then let him play next year. But I just think down there at six, you got to offer the world. And I don't think that Joe Shane and Brian Dable, after the season they just had, I don't think they're in a position to move heaven and earth for Caleb Williams, similar to the way that Kyle Shanahan moved heaven and earth to get Trey Lance. That was a dud and a fail. But they had the team. They had Debo Samuel. They had George Kittle. They had Trent Williams. They had all these guys already. The Giants don't have all those guys to give up that many assets for taking a chance with Caleb Williams. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think the 49ers is definitely a different situation, and uh, Shanahan's kind of built uh, a monster there just in terms of coaching and all, all that stuff. I will say, though, I think nothing other than a quarterback um, can elevate your team over poor roster construction, Absolutely. over bad coaching. I mean, who was who was Zach Taylor and the, and the Bengals before Joe Burrow came? I Ex- think that's- exactly. But they had the number one pick, and they that fell right into their hands perfectly. Who was Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow was at Ohio State. Joe Burrow left Ohio State. People didn't even want him. He emerged with an undefeated LSU team and Joe Brady and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and a bunch of studs on that team. That just was right 
place at the right time. Here at number six, if I'm the Giants, I can't draft another Evan Neal. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't draft another Eric Flowers. It's tough. I can't draft I can't draft a wide receiver that's only gonna be as good as the quarterback throwing him the ball. I can't draft Roma Duze. I can't draft Malik Neighbors. If Marvin Harrison the, falls that far, I'm taking him, but he ain't gonna fall to six. At the end of the day, that that six round pick, if it's not, I'll say this. Daniel Jones, whatever happens with his contract, I don't know, but the quarterback is the difference maker. We you, That other pick, whatever it is, if it's not a quarterback, it's not going to fix the problems that currently exist. And I, I just think we get stuck in this loop where we, we, we get we get hyped because we drafted whatever and it never ends up working out. Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, thanks for the call, Rich. 877-337-6666. Of course you try to make that trade, but I don't know if you give up everything for Caleb Williams. Let's see how he, Let's see how he works out. Let's see how he throws. Let's see how he tests. Let's see how the interviews go. I already know Dable is a tough interviewer. I already know Shane and Dable have done more work on this draft than the prior two since they've been here. They can't mess this up, and they know that for their own jobs, for their own livelihood. They know, but they also know they have to get a quarterback. Daniel Jones is not their guy. Similar to Saquon Barkley, not their guy. They didn't draft Saquon number two. They didn't draft Daniel Jones number six. That contract was structured structured so they could specifically move on from Daniel Jones. They didn't pick up his rookie option. They ended up paying him double, having to give him the $40 million up. Well, hey, we'll take it. We're ahead of schedule. Won nine games, went on the road, won a playoff game. Nobody saw that coming. But, yeah, we'll pay you what the market says. And this market, the salary cap is going up. I'm a stupid Dallas Cowboys fan. The Dallas Cowboys are about to reset the quarterback market and give Dak Prescott $60 million. Are you nuts? Be stuck in the same loop. 877-337-6666. Chris is down in Maryland on the fan in New York. What's up, Chris? Hey, when you got a football call before me, I don't. I was going to call about baseball and the luxury tax. Thanks. Let's maybe do it. Maybe you can help explain it to me a little bit. But, um, I was, um, but real quick on the football, because, yeah, commanders down here, um, we're looking at the quarterbacks, obviously. How would you rank the top three with May, with, uh, Jalen Daniels, and Caleb? You it's got, it's got- Caleb Williams. He the the kid was a top prospect. He he did it at Oklahoma, and he had Spencer Rattler in front of him, and everybody was hyping Spencer Rattler from the QB one series. And, and he ended up taking his job and winning there. Then he goes to USC, wins the Heisman. They had a down year this year, but like Caleb Williams, his style of quarterbacking. The, the, we just saw we just saw Patrick Mahomes win back to back Super Bowls. So everybody wants their Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants their quarterback that can improvise, yeah, that can yeah. make something out of nothing, that can run for first downs, but also read a defense and break a defense down and just know where to throw the ball. And they're projecting that Caleb Williams is like that. I'm not because they're not the same temperament. I'm not because Patrick Mahomes' dad was a pro and brought him up a certain way. I'm not because Caleb Williams has shown me some chinks in his armor in college. I think he's a prima donna. I think he was spoiled in L.A. He had a penthouse in L.A. as a quarterback at USC. And with these NIL deals, Patrick Mahomes didn't have no NIL deals. I, like it's it's I don't know. I would be cautious. I would I would use caution. Okay. I'd be cautious with uh, Caleb Williams. Okay. okay, but all I and that is significant what you just said. Um, and didn't he not play in the last game uh, for USC? Sure. 
And sure. They, they advised him to. And there right. was a report earlier in the season that Caleb Williams said he wanted a percentage of ownership, whatever team drafted him. And he didn't want to play for the Bears either. Get, get, get all the way out of here. Him and his whole camp. He's got a whole camp and team around him. But, but he couldn't do anything about it if the Bears drafted him more or less unless he wanted to play somewhere at USFL or something. No, I think he has another year. He could come back to USC, but he ain't doing that. All right, okay, and um, and Ben, so he's a so he's definitely a notch or two or three. Sounds like ahead of May and Daniels. And then how about the Bo Nix, Panic, and McCarthy? They're they're definitely a step back from the next two. We can't from- say anything definitively. I like Bo Nix a lot. I, I like the too. fact that That's he played at Auburn. I like. I like the fact that he played big time football at Oregon and Auburn. I like the fact that he's got a lot of reps. I like the fact that he's been under center, that he's been in the shotgun, that he he's got the experience of being a starter. Played at the senior bowl too as well. He wasn't worried about getting hurt or draft stock or anything. I uh, yeah, I like him too, but he's definitely wouldn't you say a little at least on the field, talent-wise, he's... Um, yeah, they talk about how the, the system he was in and the throws that he made, and it doesn't translate to the NFL throwing the ball down the field. He I had a lot it. of dink-and-dunk throws, a little... You know, he had the quickest release in college football, which tells you that that's not a longer-developing pass down the field. He's throwing into the flat. He's throwing screens. He's throwing quick game. He's throwing checkdowns. Yeah. Um, he looked good to me, and Penix can't run and move, but he's apparently the best passer of them Penix all. can he can throw the ball downfield, but he's the oldest out of the bunch, and he's also got an injury history. Okay. JJ McCarthy, I, I just if Jim Harbaugh didn't use JJ McCarthy in a pro style type offense for a reason, I would use caution with JJ McCarthy. But everyone thinks he's going to test well and throw well, so maybe somebody can get something out of him. Jaden Daniels is the biggest wild card to me. I got, I got Jay, Jay McCarthy didn't have to do anything. No, they, they had a hell of a defense and a running game. Yeah, it was right. Okay, um, all right, I got it. Thank you for that. Um, if I may, so I don't understand the show. Hey, and I'm not yelling. I love the show. Hey, and all that. I think it's good for baseball that it shows that baseball's got money and whoever wants to spend it. But I don't understand. So he's gonna the Dodgers and this luxury tax. They're gonna have sixty-eight million in ten years going to have $68 million contract on their books that they have to keep from going over the luxury tax? Or yeah, know? but the money is just going to keep going up, and they're going to make right. they're going to make so much money well, off of Shohei and Yashin. Like, the money that they're going to make from Japan and that Japanese market is insane. Okay, so, so but, but, but then eventually it's not just the money. Doesn't the luxury tax inhibit your draft uh, position? Or picks as well. Eventually, they will. They will pay. They will pay whatever they got to pay. Um, but if you start losing your first round picks because you are over the tax after what two, three consecutive years, then you start losing picks as well as money. Yeah, but I, I think, I think I read something that they, they, they structured it this way. Shohei's camp pitched this, and they structured this in a way where they're not like they're going to be able to do it. Like the Dodgers are going to, they're going to have the money to pay the tax and not get hit with too many penalties. I may be incorrect on that. I'll have to go back. It's been some time now since Otani's contract broke. Yeah, um, that's what I want to know, because if there is a way, why wouldn't everyone do it? That just doesn't seem like Well, you're all, like, Otani is a unicorn. You're paying Otani for two players in I one. I the money part, but, that's, but why wouldn't everybody to avoid, like... Right. This is the first one. There's going to be more. Bobby Witt Jr. has an interesting deal as well. When you break down his deal, it's not as big as it, as it seems. He's got to actually become 
you know, one of the best players in baseball to earn the the top rung of the money in that contract. Um, but like now everybody is getting crafty with how they're doing these deals because of the CBT and because of these long-term deals. And they don't want to have to pay these guys a crazy amount of money like Anthony Rendon, where the guy never shows up and you get a terrible return on investment. Chris, thanks for the call. We're up against it. I'll read up right now on Shohei Otani's contract so I can put it into words why they did it this way. And in the future, that deferred money that they're going to be sending to Japan when Otani's not even in America, they're going to be able to do it. The money's just going to keep going up and up and up. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call me up. Let's talk sports. Whatever you want to talk about, I've got about 20 minutes left. BRB. Almost at the finish line. Another five-hour KM to AM, man. I just read too many words. My eyes hurt, and I got a little bit of a headache. But let me read what I've pulled up about Shohei Otani's contract and the deferred money that's not going to matter in 10 years down the line for the Dodgers against the competitive bargain tax, uh, the CBT. So let's see where I was at. I already lost it. Dodgers first pay. No clubs paid the tax. No. I already lost where I was at with these two articles. Let's go back to this one. Um, so I think most people know with Shohei Otani's contract, the $70 million a year. So his, he's got a $700 million contract, and it's not $70 million a year. So it's $2 million a year against the CBT, and then they're deferring a bunch of money. So in Otani's case, the AAV is not $70 million or $700 million over the stated 10 years of the contract, but something around $46 million because of those massive deferrals spread across many years. They actually mention Max Scherzer in one of these articles and Steve Cohen. Uh, for example, Max Scherzer signed a seven-year contract worth $210 million with the Nationals in 2015. That's $30 million per year on average. However, Scherzer agreed to defer half his salary each year, which lowered the present-day value to approximately $185 million. And then with the Steve Cohen tax, as they call it, let me go back to where I was with this, and the luxury tax. The Dodgers first paid baseball's luxury tax or competitive balance tax in 2013 and have been a payer ever since uh, 2018. They didn't pay it in 2020. The deferrals in Otani's contract are important because they dropped the net present value of the deal for purposes of the CBT to $46 million annually and will allow the Dodgers to limit their CBT bill. The tax threshold is blah, 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 blah. Uh, the so-called Cohen tax of $297 million for 2024, and there are repeater penalties for teams consistently above the tax lines. That's what Chris was talking about. Um, they go on to say that, you know, this was Otani's deal, and Otani said, I figured I can defer as much money as I can and that it's going to help the CBT and that it's going to help the Dodgers be able to sign better players and make a better team, and I felt like it was worth it. Now, there's something about, um, and we don't have the time because I have calls, but there's something about the fact when Otani leaves the state and when he's no longer on the team, that deferred money that they're paying them, that they're paying him is not going to count against the CBT because he's not going to be on the team. He's not even going to be living in the state. They'll basically be paying him money that they made off of him. Um, they have this thing all set up. They have this thing all figured out. And it's the first of its kind. It's the largest contract. It, it passed uh, Lionel Messi's contract. And these guys just got crafty. And like I said, you're paying Otani as a DH and a pitcher. He, he's not pitching this year. He's he's just going to be swinging the bat this year. And we'll see if he holds up, if he gets hurt. 
But yeah, the Dodgers figured it out, man. Could some other team have figured it out? Maybe. But he wanted to go to the Dodgers, and he also wanted Yamamoto to join him, and they got it done. It is what it is. All right, open mic, so we're talking everything on the fan. John is in Port Jeff Station. What's up, John? Hey, Keith, how are you? Just talking to Zoo. I told him uh, you're such a calm uh, voice to hear going into work. I do the overnights myself, so I appreciate your uh, knowledge you. on everything. Really, really good. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, yeah, talking to Zoo, I was, you know, it's amazing how the Yankees, we get all this hype up, you know, and we're looking to make sure that we get to the playoffs again. But you tell me, every single year we get that one or two injuries, that, that put us, you know, in a hole for the first two months. We're always going to play catch-up. How do you feel they can fill voids and pitches and even batters that they can just put somebody in there and, and, and keep the competition up until we get to where we got to be, you know, because it, it happens every single year. Yeah, and you know what? I That's what I really want to see in spring training. I said I really – I know all the superstars, the flashy new toy, but I want to see the depth because what happened last year, they were banking on guys like Aaron Hicks, Oswaldo Cabrera – Josh Donaldson, and then they ended up calling on the Franchi Cordero's, Willie Calhoun's that were invited to spring training, uh, Franchi Cordero, who was released, I think, by the Orioles. Come on down. And then they actually were going to the journeymen like Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers, and they played way too much. So, yes, the Yankees are hurt every year. I say they lead the league in IL trips since 2019, but I think they have more than enough reinforcements with the guys they've signed. With the young guys, they honestly don't have enough spots for guys. Like, I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. You're going to end up seeing Trent Grisham this year. You're going to see Austin Wells this year. Jason Dominguez is on the mend. He looks to be ahead of schedule. They're saying he's throwing from 60 feet. He's been shagging fly balls, and he's going to start swinging a bat very soon. Don't forget about the Martian coming up. Um, there, There's guys like Oswaldo Cabrera, who is an infielder but turned into an outfielder. They're expecting him to be ready to go. Oswald Peraza, who they coveted, who they did not trade. He's a guy that can play second base, play shortstop, play third. You expect him to be ready to go if somebody like DJ goes down or Glaber goes down, God forbid. Um, I, I'm very interested to see the depth and how guys hold up because guys will get hurt. But I do feel like they have a deeper team of actually major league caliber hitters and outfielders, and that's not what they had last year. When they lost Judge, when, when Invader went down, it's like we got to put IKF in center field. We got to put uh, Billy McKinney and, and Jake Bowers out there. Like that's not what you want. I think now uh, when they lose a piece here and there, they'll still look pretty much whole. Well, that, that's good because we need that because we can't continue to just try to well, because last year the outfield was atrocious. So make it, uh, right. you know, get subtle. These are the New York you Yankees, know. right? The New York Yankees are supposed to be so famous they don't need names on the back of their jerseys. They were trotting out yeah. guys consistently, like Greg Allen. They were trotting out guys consistently that nobody knew who they were. I can't tell you how many times I was in the stadium and I just quietly sit there listening to fans that aren't as like locked in or diehard as, as all of us, and they're like, who the hell is this coming to the plate? Who is this in the outfield? And I'm just laughing. I'm just, I'm just laughing about it. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah these are the New York Yankees because Cashman wants to uh, go to the bargain bin, get guys off the scrap heap. No, at least this offseason, they went and got Soto and Grisham. They went and got Verdugo, and they had to make room for guys, but they did try and get some other guys like Oscar Gonzalez who got cut and and, and uh, Bubba Thompson who got cut. I think they have enough guys. We'll see what Everson Pereira has, who we saw briefly at the end of last year. I think they have enough major league caliber hitters and fielders 
now, and, and I'm excited to see how it shakes out in spring training because everybody plays. That's good. Yeah, I, I it's funny. I, I talked to you quite a while ago, and I, I, I go to a lot of games at the promotional, and uh, I'm hoping to see you. My, my girl gets a, uh, you know, we, we try to go once a, a month ago to a, a dinner date or something. We're going out to the Yankee game when they have the, uh, the hockey jersey day. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. I, I, I mean, the Mets—they stole that from the Mets. The Mets debuted a Mets hockey jersey last year. Now the the Yankees are doing it. I, I need that. I, I have three Aaron Judge '99 basketball jerseys in my closet. <laughs> so you, you're loading up on every you know piece of apparel that they can get. Yeah, That's there, good. there used to be a time where I got every bobblehead, every giveaway. I didn't miss much. I don't care if it's a tote bag, a Yankees army hat, a mug. I'm, I'm yeah. getting it. And I used to get every single yeah. bobblehead, but. I don't know. I got on the radio. I had a baby, and my life changed. No, that happens. But you know, hopefully, I can get to see you one day in the Bleacher Creatures. I'll stop over there and uh, and see you. And uh, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'll definitely be with the gang in 203. But WFAN seats are right behind home plate. I definitely weasel my way into Legends. Sometimes I got the Casamigos seats in Legends. I'll be in the suites and the perfect suite. I'll be up in the 400s, uh, going to see my friend Joni and some of the other people I know that have season tickets. I I move around the entire stadium. I'm everywhere. Excellent, excellent. Well, I appreciate your knowledge again. Zeus a good man, and uh, I wish you well with the family and the baby, and I hope everything goes well for the season for the Yankees. Thanks for the call, John. Let's go to Miriam in Forest Hills. Miriam, how you doing? Welcome back. How you feel about that you? Islanders win tonight? Yeah, they had a great win, and I'm very proud of uh, Patrick Wilder. Took his time out after they tied the game, and he did the right thing, and they didn't commit any bad penalties, and I'm glad because now, you see, the Islanders and Devils are tied in points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I have to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I love you, and I, I love the baby and, and the kitty, but the Devils are not going to beat the Rangers. Because <laughs> the Rangers are on a streak, and they are crazy. But why can't they get humbled? Why can't they come to New Jersey and the Devils just have a night where they uh, they beat the Rangers? And They're not interested. The Rangers are not interested. Because after what I saw tonight from the Rangers, forget about it. No. Yeah, they're they're rolling, and and if if, yeah. if yeah, Igor is if Igor is playing like that, yeah. uh, you just saw six goals get put up on the Devils tonight with the Capitals, right. and, and I mean, you know, I'd love to see maybe they can, but I don't think so, and because the Islanders went through it too. And you know what the it Islanders. is? I just, like I'm going to the game. I'm definitely going to the game. All because I'm going to back the Devils, and I just already know the Rangers fans are planning on getting on that path train or, oh, or yeah. driving over yeah, to try yeah. and take over oh. the building. I'm not having it. No, they, they have you. You have to know. I know. I went through it on Sunday. I went through it Sunday. I, I had you know two calls here, and and I said the Islanders didn't win because they took too many penalties tonight. The Devils just got overplayed. They were uh, played better. The yeah. Caps won points. Yeah, maybe maybe they were still stuck on Saturday and, and the epic yeah. outdoor game. They were not ready to play tonight. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, <clears throat> look, it would be nice if we had Rangers, Islanders, Devils in the playoffs. It yeah. really would. But, but it's Rangers probably are... not shaking out that way. The no. Rangers are in. Maybe one no. of the Islanders, Devils get in. Yeah. And right now it's yeah. 60 I points mean, yeah. there. They're right I mean, there. I mean, honest about it. You know, I, I mean, I can't, I, I would love to see what would happen. I have to give you a, a tip, though. Casey Zekas got hurt tonight. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's coming back, and I don't know if Hudson Fassing is coming back. 
on Thursday. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's going to be, and the Devils start first. They start at 7, the Islanders start at 8. So we'll see. That's yeah. all. We'll see. I, I I won't be on the fan until Saturday after That's that. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about it then. All right, listen, give my love to the kitty and the mommy and the baby. Of course. Okay? You take care of yourself. Always good hearing from you. Thanks for the call, Miriam. Let's see. I can take one more call before the show is over. But, yeah, we're out there. Um, I'll see you at the Rock. Uh, I already, like, the, most of the bleacher creatures are, are Rangers fans. I'm just already annoyed because they like they're already planning to mob the like I just like I can tell when y'all hit me like in your like they're hitting me like yo you going to the game Thursday like here we go I got to deal with these Rangers fans and I, at first I'm like nah nah I'm not going and I thought about it I'm like I'm on Thursday with BT so I'll do my show tomorrow night I'll get done I have to go home and try and sleep but I like I'm beat on that because my baby starts screaming at six thirty seven. And then the construction starts outside my window at 8. So I'll, I'll see you guys uh, Thursday on no rest. And then maybe I'll go home after I'm done with BT at 2, try and steal a nap, and then go over to the Rock. And we're starting early over there. American Whiskey out there in the uh, Champions Pavilion or whatever it's called. And Devils fans got to show up. We got to protect home turf. We can't let these Rangers fans on an eight-game win streak come in to Newark in our building and try and run stuff. Like, they can get knocked off, too. The win streak could end right there. They were uh, riding high in the playoffs last year and what happened, too. So anything can happen. I'm believing that we can get right at home, but we got to have a good showing of Devils fans at the Rock at Prudential Center. All right. Dan in Middletown, New Jersey, you're on the fan. Last call goes to you, Dan. How are you today, Keith? How you feeling? I'm I'm good. I feel like uh, you know I had a better show than I had last night. What do you What do you think about that? I think I mean I don't think any show you put out is a bad show. So, well, I'm hard on myself. I was I was more sick yesterday, and I felt like I wasn't all the way locked in. And I I tried to bring it today. Um, you get any feedback? You get any conversation? Who'd you Who'd you tell about your um, your experience? So I went to Ferg. Oh well, and for the audience, this is this is Dan Yazerski, who was on the fan last night from Monmouth University, my school. He shadowed me during my five-hour show last night, and now he's calling in. And yeah, I have to call, and I, I I'm a regular at this point. I've become a regular. You are, but I, I have to say, maybe the most nervous I've been in a long time, probably <laughs> since I did. Mammoth Syracuse at Syracuse because it's my first game doing play-by-play. I try to tell people, Dan. I, I I see all these weirdos and people that write online and and say how much all of us suck here at the fan and how the fan's terrible and there's no good host. And I'm like, you couldn't do it. You think it's so easy to come in here and host a show? Five hours, you couldn't do 15 minutes. You wouldn't be able to put together an entertaining 15 minutes. Not you, but some of these anonymous weirdos hiding online that hate on Boomer, Geo. Nobody hates on Boomer, really, but Geo, uh, BT, Sal, Evan, uh, Morash. I think the top three most hated are, are uh, Salicata, Morash, and myself as far as the internet goes. It's not easy. It's not easy to do. People hate because they're jealous of... I'm aware of all the great things you've achieved. I, I was getting hated on playing Pop Warner football. I, I'm aware. It's been going on for some time now. I appreciate it, actually. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. But I think the thing I think about with it's haters is like, you're obviously good enough at something that people don't like you because they're jealous of you. Yeah, That's comes, how I've always It comes with the it. territory. When I was broken, unemployed, and nobody was checking for me, I wasn't getting hated on at all. My phone was dry. But when the better people are at their performance, the more they'll get hated on because people want it to be them. So instead, they try to bring that specific person down. You you got it. You're a smart young guy. You you got it, man. Just keep going. I got your back. Keep pushing forward at Mama's Thank University. You. Doing your thing, and uh, let me know when you need me, Dan. Thanks for calling in. That's it. That's another one. Coming up next, PB. Hi, Boyle. He's definitely going to talk that Rangers talk. I think he's an Islanders fan, but he's got no choice but to talk about the Rangers. He's definitely going to talk about the Knicks as we're getting closer to the Knicks returning to the floor. And I don't know, maybe he's got some baseball stuff for you, but I think he's a Cubs fan. Either way. Shout out to Big Zoop holding me down behind the glass. Everybody that called. Jared Carabas, who was in an interview around 9.15, if you missed that. Will Salmon, who was the interview around 8.15. Let's do this again tomorrow night. Another KM to AM. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm out. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. WFAU.